the money we're making at Albuquerque, we're not only reinvesting in our Albuquerque business, but we also had to pull some out and reinvest in this other business, Foreverlawn Inc. And uh, look, there were times, you know, we had to ask this question. We said, is this a good thing? So why would two guys leave comfortable jobs, move across the country and start a business in an industry they don't know, a place they don't know, and could it be successful? We're Dale and Brian Carmi. Join us as we share our story and inspire you to become people of impact. Welcome to the Impact Without Limits podcast. probably all heard the saying, insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. But we're also taught there's value in persistence. What's the difference between persistence and insanity? Great question. Welcome back to the Impact Without Limits podcast. This is Brian and Dale Carmi. And we are sharing the story of the start of Foreverlon right now. And uh, as we've been walking through, we talked about, um, you know, the there was a, a bankruptcy from our supplier when we were Astralon Southwest. We created this business. Uh, we really found a product that we liked, and we, we talked in the last episode about some challenges with that product. But we created the the entity Foreverlon Inc. And so we have Foreverlon, this corporation, and then we have Foreverlon Southwest, which was our local dealership that was selling and installing turf. And, and pretty quickly, I mean, we had two entities, but we realized we ended up, we were running two businesses. Yeah. I don't think we'd really thought about that one one when we were doing it. I I mean, what we wanted, Brian, I I can't remember we talked about this one of the previous episodes, but we really wanted uh, a national company, a national presence. We didn't want to be two guys installing turf in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Right. We wanted the presence, not because we wanted to be everywhere, but because we wanted our customers in Albuquerque to see that it was bigger than just, than just the two us. of us. And and right, we went back to the beginning. That's one of the reasons we picked the AstroTurf company. We was because of their their name, um, the the presence of the brand name, et cetera. It was known, it was national, and and we're part of something bigger than us. And now with that gone, we're wanting to recreate this uh, idea of us being part of something bigger than us. So as we created for Avalon, yeah, we had, uh, us in Albuquerque, we had Ty down in Florida, you know, it looked like there were a couple people that were going to maybe come along with us in a journey, but that was it. But so we just wanted to build this brand and this image of Foreverlon Inc., which is this, uh, you know, umbrella company that was that had dealers, and we, Foreverlon Southwest, were the local dealer in Albuquerque, and and it worked. But we didn't, we didn't realize that this Foreverlon Inc. This image we created was an actual entity that needed to be run. Do you remember our slogan, our tagline? I'm sure you do. But the, that we used when we announced the name change from Astralon yes. to Foreverlon. Did we, t- did was, we say this before? I don't know, but it was brilliant. It's worth saying again. We we said, grass so good, it changed our name. That was wonderful. And that, that was, was you and I that came up with it. it. You and me that came up with it. We, we were, um, you know, we had been advertising for a year and a half We'd been promoting this, this Astralon name. And we're like, oh my goodness, we've got to start all over. And, and Brian, you know, We've talked about this many episodes ago, but one of our key forms of advertising was that uh, 
Central New Mexico, Marketplace, New Mexico, yeah. New Mexico Marketplace, Central Shopping, which, which was a monthly periodical, whatever you call it, that went out that had, we were, we advertised in it every month and then there would be a story about us. And we had spent the last year with this article written about us, a story and all these advertisements. So we wanted everybody that had been seeing this for the past year to know, Hey, it's still us. Yeah. And we're like, how do we do that? How do we create a new company and make the connection? We're not using the same name. And that was that tagline. Grass, Grass so good, so it changed, good, it changed, changed her, name. her name. Astralon Southwest is now forever known <laughs> Southwest. Yeah. So look, we were a normal day. We're, we're, we're up and out driving the truck and trailer usually by seven o'clock. Easy. Uh, we're, we're loading it up. We're down at the warehouse, getting everything ready. We're heading off to a job. Um, if we were lazy the night before we were starting the day at the dump, <laughs> unloading the trailer or at the end of the day, if we finished up, we're not too tired. We ended the day at the dump, unloading the trailer and, these were long days. These were hot days. We're coming into April, May, June. When we'd been doing this for a year and a half, it, it didn't let up any. This was full on, full time taxing. And Brian, we had, you know, this, oh, we had this fired spring, our crew, cleared out our crew. Yeah. So we're back to, well, for a period of time, we'd kind of been the guys who had the team out running and we were directing things. Now we are the team. Our sales team quit. We fired our um, installation crew. Really, the only thing we had left was Priscilla. Yeah. And, and, I, and I we think started to rebuild. We we talked about we had added Josh. We had added Josh Gelker. Gelker and Joe Leedy in the sales. So they were just brand new coming on. And um, so we're, we're full on. We're, we're down on the hands and knees installing. We're out running sales calls. We're, we're doing, it felt like uh, we were back in 2002 when we were just starting. But wait, there's more. <laughs> After we got done with that, we would get home, like you said, maybe seven. So about a 12 hour day of hard physical labor. Also trying to work in sales calls and other things, you know, the general day to day of running a business there in Albuquerque, we'd go home, we'd grab a quick shower, dinner with the the family as best as we could, although they couldn't always wait yeah, to eat until we got home. Sometimes the kids had already ate, but yeah. they would sit there and watch us eat when we got, <laughs> when we got home. And then we'd do some type of evening bedtime routine. Really, yeah. all we had was, you know, we'd get home in time to, again, shower, eat, put the kids to bed. Right. Bathe, bathe the kids, get them in bed. And then we'd start work because as we were building this local sales and installation, we had had this, we created the website. Like you said, we, we created Fervalent Inc. with this desire to create an image bigger than just these guys in Albuquerque. And so we had this, I you know, national looking website, this Foreverland Inc. website out there. And we'd put a little thing on there that said, you know, if you're interested in the product, fill out this form. And then we also said, if you're interested in business opportunities or dealership inquiries, click here. And so at night we'd come home and we were starting to get all of these inquiries coming in. There are people wanting product from Lincoln, Nebraska and you know, somewhere in Illinois and, uh, you know, in uh, Georgia or Carolina, California, I mean, all, 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 over. all over. So like, we're, we're in Albuquerque. <laughs> so <laughs> what are we spend, supposed to do with this? We'd, we'd come home after a, a full day's work, get the kids in bed. And we'd, we, I, I remember sitting in my recliner oh, yeah. or chair in the living room, pulling out my laptop and, type and, and we'd start going every, through. 
we'd get an inquiry and they'd ask questions and we'd answer the question and we'd give give them the, you know, we don't have a dealer in your area currently. If you're interested in product, we could help you. And, and you know, sometimes we get inquiries in it from areas we service like Albuquerque or somewhere else in New Mexico, Florida, or, or even down into Arizona, we would respond directly, but these people needed attention. Yeah. And it was, it was really consuming and, and really our business was in the process of transforming from this local Albuquerque business or New Mexico business to a national one. And really, as we said, it was almost two separate businesses. Those, the, the only thing generating money at that point were the sales and installs in Albuquerque, but that was uh, kind of, yeah. So our left hand was earning money and our right hand was spending it <laughs> because the money we earned um, in Albuquerque selling and selling the turf, we were spending building the website, building the brand, um, creating flyers. Because look, if, if you're a brand, what do you have? You have to have collateral. You yep. have to have marketing collateral, information. Uh, you know, like I said, the website. Uh, we, I, maybe we'd started Google AdWords back then. I don't know when that started, but it was around it that was time. Right, yeah, I think that was and, and so, uh, you know, there wasn't a ton of stuff we were doing, but the money we're making at Albuquerque, we're not only reinvesting in our Albuquerque business, but we also had to pull some out and reinvest in this other business, Foreverlawn Inc. And uh, look, there were times, you know, we had to ask this question. We said, is this a good thing? Right. Uh, are we distracting ourselves from this Albuquerque business that we've been doing the last year and a half? Um, should we just focus on that? Or, or, or do we need to broaden our, our vision and look at what's possible uh, larger? And uh, you know, our, our decision was we really need to do both. And I don't want to short circuit the story because there's a lot to come, but we, we worked on both for multiple years from this point forward. And that was, uh, that was very taxing locally. You know, we, we were starting to look to rebuild our team. That's right. Because we're not only <clears throat> are we realizing, um, as a company, our, our, if our focus is, both directions we're going to need help on the one side and we just we were tired <laughs> we, you know we needed help so we want to rebuild this team but we'd learned some lessons right yeah uh, one of those lessons was it matters the type of people you bring onto the team no matter what role it doesn't matter in. what position and hiring good people and so we started to rebuild that team but our focus wasn't on you know, warm bodies or getting people that could go out there with a shovel or who was the strongest or best with a wheelbarrow. I mean, those things were important, but it was right. Character, character first, finding people that we could trust, finding people that represented us well, finding people that when they interacted with a customer left a positive impression and left the right image in the customer's mind of who we were and who we wanted to be. Yeah. So you use the word trust there. It is. Really, what we're doing is we are trusting these people. In this case, we're talking about installers with the image of our company. Yeah. Who, who are you going to leave in charge of the image of your company? And the first time around, we didn't really understand that. And we were just getting workers. This time we're saying, okay, this is what matters. Our image, our name, our brand. We need to protect it. So we were building a team with people that were, like you said, good quality, good character, people that, that shared our vision, people that could be leaders in our company if they chose to be, and people that we could, that we could trust with 
or, you know, as a business, our most valuable asset, that's our brand, our name. Yeah. And that's, that's one of those, um, you know, you, you could say once bitten, twice shy, or, you know, the, the concern of, Hey, we got burned hiring people. We had just, we had just gone through a situation where we had literally fired an entire crew, had our two uh, uh, primary operations and our primary sales guy leave us to go join another company. And here we are saying, we've got to do this again. We've got to dive back in Run and rebuild <laughs> this team. And this kind of gets back to maybe the I, difference between insanity I, and I persistence. I think it does because you, you get both sides on that, right? The one side is we have to have the persistence to say, we need to do it. Yes. Yeah, we did it once. Yes, it didn't work. We got to line up and do, we got to do it again. And um, sometimes there are times where you just have to be persistent. You have to knock on the door, knock on the door, knock on the door until you knock it down. And we needed to do that. But at the same time, we also needed to learn and we needed to self-evaluate. And if we had done everything right the first time, then I'd say, let's line up and do it again. We just need to, to stay at it until it works. When, you, when you've got the right equation, the right information, you guys just pound it until it works. But when we self-evaluated, we realized, you know, we probably didn't do some things right. When we have guys on our team that... Um, or under parole and can't go out and and are lying to us and lying to the customers and stealing things. Yeah. We're probably not running the right play. So we need to change the play. So this is where we get to that, that question distance difference between persistence and insanity. And, you know, maybe it's a fine line, but you have to be persistent. You have to be willing to line up and do it again. You can't do this. Well, it didn't work for me once, so I'm not going to do it anymore. That'd be stupid. That'd be insanity. No, that's not the right answer. The answer is, if it's what you're supposed to do, if, if you're chasing what you believe is right, get up and do it again. And you And you do it, and you do it, and you do it until it works. But evaluate, self-evaluate, be honest. And are you doing something wrong? Is there something you can change, something you can tweak? Because if you're doing something wrong, you don't want to keep doing it over and over and over again. That's the insanity, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result if there are things you could do better. Right. And, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're both there. That's what do we say? Two sides of the same slice of bread, you know, which one you butter and I don't know if that makes any sense, but <laughs> I, I was waiting here at the end of that one. Cause I like butter it and it's kind of messy and you know, <laughs> you butter in both sides. Yeah. I, I don't know what that looks like, <clears throat> you know, I, and you, you have bread coming to mind. I have marshmallows coming to my mind, right? Here we like, go. Let's hear it. I love to toast marshmallows and I'm a type of guy. I'll be honest. Patience is not one of my virtues. It's not something I'm, I'm good with. Um, I tend to be a very impatient per- person. However, when I am toasting marshmallows, I'm pretty good. You're good. At, at taking my time. Most people, you know, stick it in the fire. It flames up and then, you know, you got this crispy thing. I'm pretty good at getting it close, but not too close. And you, you got to turn it. You got it just just right. I, I don't want to say I'm an expert, but I would say I'm in the upper 2% I was gonna say you're talking of marshmallows you're toasters. Talking but there are times where the marshmallow still catches on fire. You got just a little too close and the thing blew up. And I can say, oh, man, I'm never going to do that again. Or I can take my stick, put a new marshmallow on, Go and back at learn it. from that mistake. I got a little too close, but I still need to get back to the fire. And so I, I don't know that that really. And the result is just such a good marshmallow <laughs> when you are done. 
And you're uh, sitting here eating a marshmallow and I'm holding a slice of bread that's got butter on both sides. <laughs> what are we talking about here? <laughs> oh, man. I, but, you know, I, I also want to go back. We were talking about um, just those days and we would have 12 hours of working. Then we would we come home and, and there was an intentionality to us making sure that we would be home before bedtime so we could see our kids, get our kids in bed, help our wives, give them a little bit of a break. But then we're right back into working. Right. And I've had people ask the question about work life balance and, you know, how do you how do you deal with that? What's the work? What's the right work life balance? And I'll be honest, I think that's a myth. I don't think work life balance is the right terminology. And I think you're asking the wrong question there. I think, you know, for for me, it's a matter of priorities. It's a matter of rhythms. There are times where it's going to require more effort. And then there are times where I'm going to be able to to spend more time with my family priorities never changed, right? So the priority of my family being, you know, God first, family second, work third, that doesn't change. But that doesn't mean that's where I spend all my time. There are times where that work needs to take more time. And we were in a season of our life where we had to, and and really in order to serve our families and in order to serve God, what was required of us was 16, 18 hours a day, Am I stretching? 14, 16 hours a day. Well, there, there were some. <laughs> where we are working. I mean, I remember falling asleep nightly, constantly. I'd be answering emails. I'm surprised I probably sent some ones with, you know. People are scratching their head <laughs> trying to figure out. But Angie waking me up saying, hey, Brian, put the computer away. Go to bed at, you know, midnight, one o'clock. But that's what it required of us in that moment. And that didn't mean that my priorities were out of whack. That meant that's what was required of me in that season, in that moment, to serve my family. Yeah, I I, I think it's uh, the priorities don't change, but where you apply your attention sometimes deviates. It's almost like a triage. Okay, yeah, you know, my faith or God is first, my family is next, you know, my friends, my work comes after. But there are times when a lower priority needs the attention. Right. But you just can't let that change your priority. And if you keep your priorities right, that's always going to swing back. Like you use the term rhythm. That rhythm's going to come back to where it should be. But sometimes for, for a brief season, things need to change a little. And um, you know, we, we had we had to work through that. And uh a, a key part of that, Brian, in, in our situation was a lot of communication um with our, our wives, with our families and and those times when we did say, okay, we're, this is, we're going to do things with the family. We did things with the family. Yep. It was, it was focused attention and then we'd get the kids to bed, whatever, Well, back to the computer. Let's pop it open and go. And again, thank you. And kudos to our wives for, for being gracious enough to understand that that was the season we were in and it was going to take more of our time and it was going to, you know, business was going to be consuming uh, of us for, for a period of time. And, and they had to step up and do more work at home. And they had to, um, you know, at times maybe feel like single moms for a little bit, but um, they allowed us to do that. And and so, you know, I don't know where everybody's at, but you might be out there listening and you could be in a seri- season where um, it's consuming with uh, a work or a career or a new adventure. And, um, you know, have that Take the time to communicate and talk through if you're married with your spouse um, of where you're at and, and what that season looks like and, and you know, set some healthy uh, parameters and boundaries on it. But just be honest, it's going to take more 
of my time right now. Yeah. The other thing I throw out there, Brian, is ask yourself the question, is this a selfish ambition? Because it is very easy to get enamored with self and me, whether it is uh, the business or work, whether it's some hobby like um, fishing or playing softball or getting involved with cars or whatever, it's very easy to prioritize yourself over others. That's not what we're talking about here. We were chasing a business, uh, and, and yes, it was time we had to put into it, but this was something we were chasing as a family, as a team, something we decided, right, going into this, we had prayed together with our spouses and, and determined this is the direction we were going, and Angie and Lori were, were just so great supporters. But it's kind of, it'd be real easy, this is, this is a tricky area, it'd be real easy to cloak something you're doing for yourself in this realm of, well, this needs my attention, you know, in, in the realm of priorities. And, um, you know, check your motives. Check your motives and what's at the heart of what you're doing. Um, <clears throat> I'm looking here at the notes. I got to go back and, and say something. We're talking about hiring people. I just got to throw this out. When we were rebuilding this team, we talked about Josh and Joe. Um, we went on two two guys, not not right at the same time, but pretty close. And it was uh, two brothers, Josh and Tim Swanson. They were and so good. Eventually, we hired their mother. <laughs> that's right. Not to install, though. <laughs> no, she was in the office. Uh, but they were they were great. They were they were young guys. They were I think they were in college, college yeah. aged, and yeah. they were working with us through the summer. And they were. This was our first effort into adding on to Josh Gelker this idea of hiring people of character, hiring higher caliber people that could run and lead a crew. And, and we did that. And those guys were great. So um, shout out to them. And uh, it, it was just, and that leads me to the story. Um, you know, we're talking about that dichotomy of persistence and insanity. Uh, I think you have an insanity story that uh, harkens back to your high school well, days. I, I I love this story, so I just I want to hear it. I, yeah. I call it the uh, "Run It Again" story. <laughs> I, was gonna say, I heard you earlier. You you said "Run <laughs> It Again," and I I had a, a coach in high school, uh, played high school football, and um, you know you know in high school football you don't have that complex of an offense, but at the same time there is an element in in Surprise. football of you know not wanting the other team to know what you're doing, and so. Anytime we would have a play that would go for like more than six yards or so, the coach would just be standing on the sideline shouting, run it again, run it again. Circling his fingers. He's, he's doing this last one with his arm. And we're sitting there on the, on the field looking at him like, coach, they can hear you. They know what we're going to run. And he's like, it doesn't matter if you're good enough, they can't stop it. Well, and there's an element of truth to that, but there's also an element of, you, you can load up some surprise. So we would line up and we'd try and run this same play. And I mean, I, these the players on the other side are like, is this for real? Like, do they? <laughs> and so they'd stack the hole where we're trying to run the ball. And sure enough, it gets stopped. And so that might be the that opposite might be the of persistence. Yeah, that may be the insanity. That's side. insanity of persistence. I don't know what that is, but it was a funny story and one that uh, run it again, run it again. That line has become something that, that we banter back and forth and, and joke about. But uh, so hopefully, you know, if, if you guys are, are having success, you can run it again without the the team on the other side knowing what's coming. It's a little different in the business world. But if you're, you know, in the, that moment, you know, ask yourself, is this a time where we need to, to 
tweak things. We need to do something differently. We need to look at it and make sure we're not uh, trying to do the same thing and expect different results. Or maybe this is a time when things are right. Things are good. And you just, but you just need hit more it. persistence. You got to hit it. You got to hit it. You got to hit it. Yeah. And, and look, I, I taste sometimes there's nothing more satisfying than being persistent and knocking down that wall and breaking through. But like you said, make sure that you've analyzed and you're running the right plays because if not, that wall might not budge and you end up with a pretty, pretty big bruise on your head from hitting the wall. Yeah. So, uh, to all of you, hopefully, uh, you got uh, a little nugget of wisdom, something out of here you can use and apply in your life. Um, I would encourage you, uh, if you did, uh, share that with us, share that with others, let us know, uh, give us some feedback. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at podcast at foreverlon.com. Uh, tell us what, what, uh, what nugget you got out of it, or tell us, hey, here's something, a question something. I have, something we'd love to hear. Um, and then, as always, you know, the biggest compliment you can give us is to share this with a friend. So, uh, whether it's directly, social media, whatever, uh, share the good news and invite people to join us on this journey. Hey guys, wherever you're at, whatever position, whatever you do, uh, just go out there and make an impact. This is a thread Army reminding you that faith looks up, hope looks ahead, and love looks all around to see whom it can help. Good day.